This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing and collaborative storytelling. Recorded Thursday, September 6th of 2018, it's episode 138. In this episode, The Fifth Commandment, part of our ongoing series on the Ten Commandments, plus our favorite Kickstarters we've backed, a growing gaming group, welcoming a new podcast, and more. Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Grant. I'm Peter. And I'm Jenny. And that's no guest. Yeah. Also, <sighs> um, you will notice that the recording date is back to being about the same distance from the release date as it used to be. We Hooray! have cleared our backlog and we are back to a somewhat timely recording schedule. We had like a month off from recording. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was like a full month. Yeah. I think almost exactly a month. Let me check a calendar right quick. It was almost exactly a month. You're right. Yeah. 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 Whew. Good thing, too, because we had a lot happen. But yeah, mm-hmm. came at a good time, but it's it's great to be back. So exactly. Yeah. That's good. And of course, this means very little to you at home or in the car or wherever you're listening to this, because we did have a backlog that we burned through. But hey, now we're all caught up to our backlog and can respond mm-hmm. with less than a month and a half delay to anything that comes up. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our release yeah. schedule has not suffered, but our release timetable has. So. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I swear I wrote down the soundboard idea that I had last episode, and then I forgot that I had the idea, and I forgot where I wrote it down, and so I have a vague guess as to what my idea was, <laughs> but yeah. who knows? Oh, dear. Who well, really knows? This Past is why Jenny. we need to get back on track. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some stuff has happened, though. We all had uh, various different health issues, some of which we're still yeah. dealing with, some of which are improving. Yeah. Nothing continuing to go downhill, I don't think, for anyone. No. And some ways up and some ways down. But yeah. yeah, Jenny's probably doing the worst here, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. at least you're ruling things out, which is something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for I, I don't mind talking about it. I have mysterious rashes all over my neck and arms. They're a mystery we don't know. Um, mm. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And... It's, it, like, the weirdest thing is that, like, I, I do feel like patient zero because I just have no idea why these have started. This could be, like, the start of a really interesting novel or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've already told you that if you start craving brains to let us know so we can mm-hmm. take precautions. If you develop superpowers, we want to be among the first to know. I mean, obviously your family yeah. and... Tyler and stuff will come ahead of us, but we would like to be among that first 10% of people to know. I mean, it's... What's the name of the the big Rocky dude from the Fantastic Four? The Thing. What if I'm the Thing? I mean, you'd be really good at rugby. You could go back to doing that again. I could do that. You would be required to develop a Jersey accent and talk about Yancey Street, though. Yeah. What about Moida Mysteries? (laughs) Uh, I mean... That would be an acceptable (laughs) substitute, I think. (laughs) Yeah, all right. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in better news, our gaming group has grown, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, new person. Yeah. I don't think we talked about it much, but we actually no. had a session where you were in it, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we added another person, uh, a friend of our anonymous players. Mm-hmm. It's her first time getting into a game. She's really excited and super invested in both my game and Peter's game, which is great. So that's been a lot of fun. New yes. new energy in it. Yeah, new role players are great. A lot of the time they haven't built up a bunch of like the bad habits and stuff. And it's yeah. really a nice breath of fresh air to get somebody who's totally new to the hobby into a gaming group. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Something that uh, my wife pointed out as well is that we've achieved gender parity in our group. We have. We've got three yep. and three. So. Which is the first time Chrissy's ever gamed in a uh, a group that has that. So she's excited mm-hmm. by that. But yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. And while more people means we're a little more vulnerable to somebody having scheduling issues because there's more people to have scheduling issues with. Hopefully we can get to a point where it's robust enough and we've kind of got enough momentum that if one person misses, we can kind of keep going. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Now, now instead of rolling a D6 for, you know, whose turn is it to be dragged off by the adulting beast and mauled? Now we're rolling a D8. So eh. kind of. Yeah. (laughs) So, Jenny. Yeah. You have a thing. Actually, I have two things, and I've had two major uh, life changes in in a good way. Uh, one of them is I have a new job. I'm employed again, and that's very exciting. Yes, and, it is. And um, because I am employed again, I felt secure enough that I could add a new podcat to the podcat family. Um, should I like tell the full story of how I became acquainted with this new podcat, or should I just? Sure. Okay, so I, I don't think it's really a, a super secret thing. I don't live too terribly far from Ottawa, which is the capital city of Canada. In Ottawa, there is a lovely cat cafe there that is paired with uh, an animal rescue organization. The cafe is called the Feline Cafe. It's really great. All of the food there is vegan. The owner is super nice and friendly, and um, uh, it, it's a good place to go if you're in the Ottawa area. Uh, hit up the Feline Cafe. It's great. And so... I heard about this cafe and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to go because I love Clover very much, but she's a jerk and I want (laughs) to hang out with cats that aren't jerks necessarily. (laughs) And so we went there and I found out that there was a cat there named Jenny. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's hilarious. I have to meet this cat. I'm I'm not going to get the cat, obviously, but I want to meet this cat. So I go there and I see Jenny and I see her stupid Dorito shaped face. And I fall in love. <laughs> and and she's just sitting there. She's all demure. She's quiet. Everything's hunky-dory. I later find out that she's sort of like a mama cat. Uh, first off, she did actually have a litter of kittens uh, when she was rescued. Um, and second of all, whenever a new kitten gets brought into the cafe, because there's a huge amount of turnaround on the kittens there, like they get adopted like really fast. Every time a new kitten gets brought in there, she's like, oh, you're mine, I guess. I guess I'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then proceeds to basically mommy all of the, the babbies. And so I thought about it for a while and I was like, oh my goodness, I wish I could afford to get this cat. I find out about a job. I get the job and I I basically called in super like tense thinking she'd already been adopted. She had not. We went and picked her up. We bring her home and I find out that this demure little quiet individual when she is alone becomes the Goblin Queen, who demands in a very creaky voice that she she loves you as long as... She doesn't understand human fingers very well, so she bites fingers a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she... I think of her talking in, like, a very goblin-like voice, and the creakier the voice gets, that the happier she is, so it's like... Hello, I love you, kind of thing. And so you may, and she's also incredibly chatty. She's currently passed out, so hopefully for the rest of the podcast, she will not make interjections, but I make no promises. You may hear a creaky-voiced goblin queen in in the background of this one, Um, and I will try my very best not to have conversations with her in the middle of the podcast, because, yeah, she's... 
I mean, we do still edit. If you can't help yourself, we have the means to handle that. And, you know, nobody's going to complain too much if a cat shows up and starts meowing into the microphone. At least, yeah. As long as we <laughs> address it quickly enough yeah. and don't let her do it the whole time. Also, yeah. this has forced our uh, our side conversations that we have going on with various different people to uh, start differentiating between human Jenny and cat Jenny, which has yeah. been great. Yeah. yeah. Um, our anonymous player will uh, have to correct you there, Grant. Uh, it's not human Jenny and cat Jenny. It's human Jenny and Jenny. Oh, um, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm seriously, seriously considering her, her, uh, vet appointment is coming up pretty quick. I'm seriously considering, uh, changing her official name to Jenny the Goblin Queen. Cause it fits. She's a Goblin Queen and I love it. It's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So there you go. New cat. Yeah. Everybody new likes job. cat stories and new job, which everybody likes. Yeah. And, um, sounds like a cool job. Oh, it's going to be so cool. For reference, I am now a librarian. I did it. I'm not a library technician anymore. I'm a librarian. I did it. Hooray. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Um, no, seriously. So good job. That's awesome. I, yeah. I may Very end cool. up running games for kids at the library as well. Um, <laughs> if I can get the interest going. The demographic is currently at an awkward age where they're, I don't think they're really ready for RPGs yet, but they're starting to maybe get into board games and stuff like that. So we'll see. At the very least, I'm going to be starting a board game game library uh, there for maybe sure. Maybe look like, at like No Thank You Evil or something. Um, maybe, maybe. How old um, are we talking? The general demographic, and and this is like ages that I think I could DM for. Like I I don't really feel super comfortable gaming. Or uh, running a game for a full group of people under the age of 10. Ah, okay. It's mostly 6 through 11 year olds. Oh, that's plenty old enough to game. Yeah. I mean, yes to game, not for me running. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's, fair, that's fair. totally fair. Uh, it, but- and also, they are all... None of them can sit. They all must move forever. Yes. And so you do a LARP. So... I guess. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. obviously, I you know yourself be bringing, better than we do. I'm just I, teasing you. Yeah, but. I will at least be bringing board games more so into the library. And so that's that's going to be good. Ass- assuming we have the budget for it. Cough, cough, provincial government nastiness. Cough, cough. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> One other thing that we should probably bring up here, because this happened kind of during our month of catching up is we have started a weekly game stream yes we hit a patreon funding tier that we had set for that and so um as long as we stay above that we are going to be streaming something every friday we're kind of keeping the scheduling a little bit loose because we're kind of spread out over a large area and multiple time zones and stuff but it's we've been doing with the exception of grant's last one about an hour starting somewhere between seven and eight in the host who's doing its time zone and it's been a variety of different things grant heroic madman that he is did four hours of antechamber oh and just goodness. watching this made my eyes cross a couple of times <laughs> it was gonna be three but antechamber oh my goodness <laughs> well considering i played it for 23 minutes and bounced off yeah i don't have that much time logged in it either it like made my eyes bug out i was like no Oh, see, I I I love it. I love the graphical style and I love those kinds of puzzles where 
it's not exactly guess the solution. It's here's the solution. Figure out how to get to it. Because mm-hmm. guess what I want you to do is a terrible de- puzzle design. And Antichamber yeah. pretends it's doing that with some of the, the little visual things that it does. But it's never really doing that. And it makes you feel very clever. Mm-hmm. It's also got some very creative and complex mechanics. Also, one of the reasons we got the, the stream went so long the last time I did it. I spent probably 30 minutes on a single puzzle and had to get a hint from chat. So thanks, chat. (laughs) It it was an extremely difficult puzzle and I could not figure out what they wanted. Good stuff. Also, Mm -hmm. um, my wife and I have been playing The Witness together and that's more of the same. And Mm. oh boy, that one's tough too. Yeah. I've heard very mixed reviews about The Witness. I really like it, but Mm -hmm. I like Mist. Which also, I'm sorry, that tells me very little, Grant. Well, okay, Mist was like the original 3D go explore your environment and see puzzles on a a weird, abandoned, mysterious island. Okay. It was the one that kind of defined the genre. Okay. And I like that game. I like, here is a actual puzzle that is set up. It's not pure environment. It's here's a a weird puzzle right in front of you, you've got to solve it. And then it does something to the environment and lets you progress, lets you do the story, whatever. The Witness doesn't really have a story and you can, it's a little bit more freeform, but there are things you have to learn from one area before you can really be successful in other areas because they teach you different things as you go. But the other fun part of The Witness, the way it works is everything is based off drawing lines on a grid. That's okay. how all the puzzles are done. So you have a, start, a couple of start points and then lots of variations on rules of how to draw things on a grid. And you're trying okay. to go from one place to another. Simple mm-hmm. enough, right? But mm-hmm. they're yep. done on panels. And maybe sometimes you have to find a way to reflect light off the panel to see scratch marks that indicate what the path is. And then there's lots of variations on that and start doing environmental things to make those appear. Or, okay, this time we're playing with shadows projected on the surface and then not on the surface, but on a nearby surface and then on a weirdly angled surface. And then, you know, what happens when there are some shadows that matter and some shadows that don't. And you have to look at the objects casting the shadows and all of these complicated things make certain shapes while drawing lines. And then you're having to mentally rearrange tetronomos to figure out what the pattern is. But that's all of the explicit puzzles. There are also hundreds of hidden environmental puzzles that use the same thing, where you have to look for a circle in the world and figure out where to position yourself such that there is a line to draw. (laughs) And that's very fun as well, because You're going from puzzle to puzzle trying to figure out the puzzle process while keeping an eye out for things that don't look anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't know how much replay value it has, so I don't know that I would want to stream it myself, but it's a really good game and lots of fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. And like I said, Chrissy and I have been doing it. Chrissy's played through it before, but she skipped half to two thirds of the puzzles Mm because you don't need to do many of them in order to complete the game. Okay. And so we're kind of going through trying to be more completionist and exploring a whole bunch of new and different puzzles. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fun. Anyway, we've kind of spent a little more time talking about that than perhaps we wanted to. Let's go ahead and move <laughs> on to our Patreon question, which I'm going to roll for right now. Alrighty. Okay. This is an interesting one. Uh, this is from Kevin Von Felt. What is everyone's favorite Kickstarter project that they have backed? Okay. Um. 
Okay. Let me pull up Kickstarter oh. to jog I, my memory. Well, okay. I can go ahead and answer this one if it's okay with everybody. Because oh, yeah, I've I'm, only I'm doing ever the same thing one. as Peter. <laughs> okay. okay. And that was the Unknown Armies 3 uh, Kickstarter. Ah, uh, yeah. So, by definition, that is my favorite. You know what? Just based on, like, how many hours I've gotten out of it, Fear the Con, because I backed Fear the Con on Kickstarter. Oh, that's true. That's so, true. I, so yeah. I did that. If we're doing, like, physical things, like physical goods gotten off of Kickstarter, I it actually just arrived today. Uh, my physical copy of Dialect and Sign arrived today, and I'm very happy about that. So, yeah, I'd say either Fear the Con or um, Dialect and Sign. Mm, yes. Cool. I've backed multiple Fear the Cons on Kickstarter, and that's a very tempting answer for me, too, because mm-hmm. I I go every year now, and yeah. I really just, like, something bad would have to happen to make me not go to Fear the Con at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. If, I, if I'm going to go with something physical, this Creature Codex book that I just got is a real strong contender. Mm. It's this big third-party... Uh, monster manual for 5e it's mm-hmm. put out by kobold publishing and um it's got a lot of really like interesting and um non-stereotypical monsters in it okay. uh, there there were a couple that i shared around in our um little twitter thing but like there's there's some funny like joke stuff like um a, an ooze that's a fishbowl with a shark in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's there's also a lot of really interesting more serious monsters. There's like this weird alien race that wants to like gain the trust of other races and then absorb them. Mm. And it just I I've gotten a lot of there's like you know lesser golems like if you want to throw a golem made of stained glass or hair at your players it's got stats for those so i really like that one there's some stuff that i've backed that i haven't gotten my rewards for yet that i think might unseat it like money cook games did a a book called your best game ever that they're working on now that's like this meta advice book that just given that company's track record i think is going to be good and matthew covild's um strongholds and uh followers book sounds really interesting based on his stuff but i don't have those so i can't really count them you know I guess that's about as definitive of an answer as I'm going to give. <laughs> that works. That's good. All right. So, Kevin, thanks. Appreciate the uh, the question. It's a good one. And if you want to ask your own questions, just uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com, so saving the game. If you are already a Patreon supporter, make sure you uh, send those questions in to us. You can do it however you like. Uh, one thing I do want to remind everyone of as well, if you would, please take a moment, if you haven't already, review us on iTunes, share us around on social media. Those things help us a great deal. If you've got an episode that you're particularly fond of or that meant a lot to you or any, or you want to have a conversation about, share that around and talk about it. Those things really do help us a great deal. Patreon provides one kind of support, social media and, and sharing and talk about it. That provides a different kind of support for our show, and both of them are really valuable, and we really appreciate it. All right, let's get into our topic here, because this is a long one. We're getting back to our Ten Commandments series. So who wants to start us off with the commandment we're talking about? I'll take it, I guess. This is Deuteronomy 6.16. Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is Proverbs 6, verses 20 to 22. My son, keep your father's command, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. And 1 Timothy 
chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. So, as you might have picked up, we're talking tonight about the Fifth Commandment, uh, colloquially shortened to honor thy father and mother. This commandment is kind of interesting. It is cited multiple times in Scripture. It's cited twice in the Old Testament, first in Exodus 20, which of course is where it initially appears, plus in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and then six times in the New Testament, uh, twice in Matthew in chapters 15 and 19, twice in Mark chapter 7 and 10, Luke chapter 18, and Ephesians 6. And it's kind of an interesting one before we even get into the content of it, because it marks a change in focus in the Ten Commandments. The first four, no other gods before me, no images, don't misuse the Lord's name, keep the Sabbath. These are all about mankind's relationship with God. But starting with this fifth commandment, this one and all of the remainder are about mankind's relationship with other people. You can kind of hear this echoed in Christ's summary of the greatest commandment, uh, when he tells us to, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. You'll know that that likewise breaks down equally. In some traditions, the first four commandments, which are about God, were actually written on one of the two tablets Moses took from Mount Sinai. The last six were written on the second to make a, a physical delineation between the two categories of commandments. It's also the first commandment, and I think, is it is it the only commandment with a promise? I think it is. It's the first one, certainly. I, I'm honestly yeah. blanking out at the moment, but yeah, on and Paul full, actually calls that out in Ephesians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ephesians 6, he talks about, he, he I think he lists it as the first commandment with a promise. Yeah. And it's about how you will live a longer time. And there are some interpretations that say that it will connect you more to the land of the Jewish people as mm-hmm. well. I think in a, in a way, it's, it's sort of common sense because listening to people with more experience than you, if you are living in a slightly more dangerous place... Listening to people with more experience than you is going to save your life straight up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a good practice regardless of your situation. Yeah. Even if the advice that they give you is not that great, it can give you insight into certain situations. A, a good example of this is the differing safety cultures between generations in industrial settings. So, like, there is a, a vast difference in safety culture between people my age and people about... 30 to 40 years older than me at the nuclear research center where I used to work. The older people would be like, oh, no, yeah, we just sort of cut corners on this. And people my age are looking at it and being like, oh, so that's why I'm dealing with X, Y, Z problems now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's that, that sort of thing. So even if the advice is bad, still listen to it, even if you don't follow the advice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Another important thing about this, and this 
follows on the whole wisdom and learning from the elders thing. Parents and elders are traditionally expected to fill certain duties, uh, such as education. Mm-hmm. In Jewish tradition, for example, the father is supposed to circumcise his sons at the proper time. Uh, exactly but, you know, eight days from their birth. Right. Thank you. Uh, I'd right. forgotten. I knew there was a specific time, but I had forgotten it. Yeah, it's it's eight days. There we go. Yeah, there, there are all these very specific things. And so honor your father and mother in some ways implies make sure that those traditions are also adhered to. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of passages regarding laws of family life in Leviticus, mostly 18, chapters 18 and 20. And um, a lot of them are pretty harsh. There's oh, yeah. a lot of death and banishment and there is penalties for violating them. Yeah, right. the words, the words, um, and their own blood be on their head are repeated over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. And in- that I'm not educated enough in this to talk about it in any sort of meaningful way, but I know that there's that whole priestly Levitical tradition that has very different standards and, and a certain level of strictness and it, mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. The fact that Leviticus is very strict like that is not surprising to anyone who has no. read scripture, but also you can see that that's one piece of a larger whole. Mm-hmm. It's kind of maybe worth mentioning that the whole of the New Testament is in some ways a revelatory reexamination of this fifth commandment. One of Christ's revelations is God as our Father. We can pray to him as our father and through Christ understand that God is both, you know, the God of Israel, the God of the world, this somewhat distant figure, but also our heavenly universal father whom we are called to honor alongside Christ. That makes this commandment. Remember, I was talking about that division between like, you know, relationship with God and relationship with humanity. This one sort of bridges that gap because this one is about our relationship to our elders, which and our parents, which ultimately includes God as that ultimate figure of authority and descent. The text is fairly straightforward. You know, certainly the the translation we read, honor your father and mother as God has commanded so that you may live long and it will go well with you. Okay, fair enough. In my opinion, this is one of the commandments that we apply the most interpretation to of all of them. (laughs) And, you know, we, we're always doing this with Scripture. Everybody is looking to Scripture for answers for the questions that face us in our own time. We're not always going back and saying, well, it meant this at this time and has absolutely no bearing on our life now. Right? That's not how Scripture works. But more than any of the others, I think we do this with this fifth commandment. I want to give you an example. This is the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is a Reformed confession finished in 1647. Okay. And it had this to say about the fifth commandment. Catechism's done as questions. So this is question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. Uh, 64, 65, 66. By the way, this is the shorter catechism because the full confession is quite a lot longer. Believe me. (laughs) So 64, what is required in the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment requireth the the preserving. I'm going to screw this up a lot because it's written in very old language. The fifth commandment requireth the preserving the honor and performing the duties belonging to everyone in their several places and relations as superiors, inferiors, or equals. 65. What is forbidden in the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment forbiddeth the neglecting of or doing anything against the honor and duty which belongeth to everyone in their several places and relations. 66. What is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment? The reason annexed to the fifth commandment is a promise of long life and prosperity, as far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good to all such as keep this commandment. Note the emphasis on social hierarchy. There is absolutely no mention of parents, mother, father, anything like that 
in this explanation. At best, it's relations, but places comes first. Their place in the social hierarchy matters more in this interpretation. I read another one just recently uh, while I was doing research for this. This was a, uh, a website for some particular Christian group or church, which had some interesting information, but they insisted that the fifth commandment's call to, quote, honor your father and mother meant living a life that honored them, which is not unreasonable, right? Right. Thus, everything a person does in public reflects on their parents, so a young man wearing an earring or baggy pants would cause people to wonder what sort of parent would permit their child to dress so. Mm. Again, <sighs> you can hear the projection of contemporary concerns and preconceptions into scripture here. I think we do this, like I said, with this commandment more than any of the others, perhaps because there's the eternal Sunday school question of, well, what does it mean to honor our father and mother? But also because generational relationships are complicated. And they vary hugely across cultures as well. They absolutely do. And, yeah. and not just cultures in one place, but cultures through time. The same culture as it progresses through time can change enormously. Awareness of difficulties in those relationships can change. We have much more open conversations about parents who are abusive or neglectful or whom we don't have good relationships with now than we did, say, 100 years ago. Or even 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or heck, even 20 Ten? years ago, really. Yeah. 10 years ago. It's like, <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm remembering the way that, that abuse was talked about when I was in school and the way that it's talked about now. There is a pretty big difference, but even like from 10 years ago. Of course. I do want to get somewhat into the implications of this commandment. One of the most important ones is one that I think is very relevant. Caring for parents and elders as they age. Even as they age and change from parents who give care to infirm elders who need our care, our parents and elders are not to be abandoned. I know for a fact that all three of us have stories about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we are not alone in that. Everybody has stories of arguments about which of the grown children with their day-to-day -day responsibilities and a lifetime of baggage with each other and with their parents and everything else are, quote, responsible for taking care of mom and or dad as they fail. That question of, like, who's responsible for it, trying to push care for aging parents off onto one another, that's an abdication of honoring your parents, an abdication of responsibility, and that violates this commandment. Uh, and it's not just your parents, but again, in the way that this commandment is very commonly interpreted as applying to the elder generation as a whole, not just your parents, but the elder generation and generally, that idea that we stop caring for people when they become a burden is necessarily sinful and certainly violates this commandment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I will say, like, this can be easier and this can be harder, like, I've been pretty forthright about the fact over the years that I have wonderful parents and caring for them is not going to be a major hardship for me because they've built up so much gratitude and affection over the years with me and my siblings. I, I think especially with me in a lot of ways, but not everybody is so fortunate. I mean, mm -hmm. um, there's some private communication that I have with some other folks kind of in this general geeky faith space. And some of them have had some really harsh stuff happen with their parents and the parents are getting older and it's been hard for them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have not been shy about talking on this podcast about my grandfather who was, you know, uh, an abusive alcoholic. Yeah. I had one that was a, a verbally abusive controlling narcissist. 
Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I mean, just because the immediate ancestor generation is fantastic doesn't mean all the prior ones were. Right. And mm -hmm. certainly my parents suffered as a result of that behavior. My parents also took care of my grandfather as he was failing. Yeah. But it is difficult. And there's not a lot of harm in taking the commandment to mean parent figure rather than just blood relative parent. Yeah. In fact, uh, in... Exodus Rabbah, which is, uh, it's part of a, an ancient Jewish commentary mm -hmm. kind of thing called a midrash. He who brings up a child is to be called its father, not he who gave birth. If your parents were terribly abusive towards you, or if, if they actively harmed you, they were not fulfilling their duties as a parent. And the people who taught you things in a way that a parent would, or the basically the people who raised you are your parents, not the people who may happen to be blood related to you, but didn't act parental in right. any way. Um, th this is sort of, it's not directly in the Bible, but it's very closely adjacent to the Bible. Like this isn't, this is not a new commentary. I consider the, the confession, uh, previously, um, read by Grant to be new compared to this. This is, oh, it absolutely old, is. Yeah. This is an old, old quote right here. So, yeah, we're, we're not when we talk about respecting your parents and elders, it's it does not have to mean blood relative. And in a lot of cases, it should not mean blood yeah. relative. Now, that said, if you came from a situation where your parents were abandoning or abusive or something like that and somebody else raised you and you still go back and care for your parents, your blood parents despite what they did that is very christian and very holy but i don't think that's necessarily what's being discussed here no and it it is not always healthy for you to go back and care for those who have abused no, you no it's, it's, it it's, certainly is it's not it's not a requirement to do so no. if it would harm you to do so don't yeah and i'm 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 glad that you brought that up because i i definitely don't want to give the impression that either i think that or yeah, b yeah. that's the proper way to go mm -hmm. but i have definitely heard some stories where somebody has had like you know a parent or a grandparent or something that was awful mm -hmm. and they got out of the situation and they went back when the the older person needed them and there was some sort of reconciliation there or something like that and that is that's like this, you know, beautiful, powerful, healing thing. Mm -hmm. It's also really, really rare. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, a, a lot of the time people don't change all that much or they don't change enough where helping them would be healthy or they don't change at all mm -hmm. or, or even double down in the case of some of the, the family members that were kind of harsh in my family's older generation. So I'm definitely not like advocating feeding yourself through the wood chipper as it were it's just yeah you do not have to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm yeah that's true jenny uh, shut up i love you go away <laughs> and we're keeping that in <laughs> she talked all over me i love you go away might sum up that entire conversation actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um it's worth mentioning that in matthew jesus makes a point to emphasize that loving god takes precedence over everything else. He specifically says, you know, abandon your parents, your children, your family, your livelihood, and come and follow me. It's hyperbole in the interesting way that Christ uses it, but in some cases, the world lives up to the hyperbolic standards <laughs> that we set yeah. for it and that appear in Scripture, and sometimes it's like, yeah, I got to do it. 
You know, if your parents mm-hmm. are saying, you know, do this thing that's wrong, don't follow him. Yeah. Following Christ, mm-hmm. loving God, those take precedence over everything else. Yeah. I think we've analyzed this hopefully sufficiently, certainly enough to start a conversation about it. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's for sure. Let's move on a little bit and talk about some of the, the ways that this concept of honoring your parents, honoring your elders appears in gaming and c- could be used in gaming. We going to do the my parents were killed by orcs trope here. We got to. We got to. We need to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's not really a secret. In fact, it's almost a cliche that parents don't really come up in games all that much. Yeah. Interestingly, the game that I'm running, I should hasten to add, without any specific prodding from me, is a really notable exception to that (laughs) in my experience. like We jumped into the whole question of family with both feet and made that a theme in the game, which is great. Yeah, Yeah. and the crazy thing is, is even our new player did it without any actual prodding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's got a bunch of family stuff wrapped up in in her character backstory too like she's got this grandmother who's a mentor figure and stuff it's really it's it's interesting something about the setting makes people want to make family centric characters i don't know if it's about the setting i think it's the group to be honest but that could that's be a whole other too. discussion that's, that i would also <laughs> buy that instantly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right this is a very cliche thing to have the orphan who has, you know, lost his parents and is either out for revenge or was set free of filial obligation to go be heroic. We can't all be Batman here. We really can't. Right. And I understand that in a lot of the fiction people consume, this is a common thing because it, A, immediately says, look, the bad guy did something bad to you. So Mm -hmm. go get him. It makes them a little bit of a noble, tragic figure right out of the gate. It makes the, the hero or protagonist that. And it removes those obligations. Yep. Leaves yeah. them free to go be heroine or whatever. There's a reason it's true in so many role-playing games is you can just go wander the world in, you know, and here I mean like console RPGs. You, you can go wander the world instead of living out your life on the family farm. Mm-hmm. Although I will say this, um, this is one thing about Superman that I have always really liked. He has two sets of parents, his birth parents who are gone and his adoptive parents who are instrumental in turning him into the person that he is. And they are still alive mm-hmm. and he can go back to them and ground himself and center himself and get kind of the the kind of love and support that only loving caring parents can give you and draw strength from that and then go out and be that to the rest of the world. Yes, it's clever writing Mm -hmm. because you get pathos and filial relationships. Yeah, and I I think the idea of having those kind of like healthy, supportive parents doesn't get used nearly enough in either fiction or in role-playing games. I agree. I think a lot gets left on the table there. And what's interesting is in a lot of the oldest stories of adventures the filial obligations and filial relationships are very much present yeah Mm -hmm. certainly in a lot of indian myth and scripture there's a parent who's having a conversation then their sons go off and uh, do certain things or daughters go off and do certain things Uh, less Mm -hmm. often daughters because it's you know tons of that in the old testament you see it in, in the old testament david for example you know, David's father, Jesse, figures in, not prominently, but is an element that, you know, stays constant throughout uh, that story. I, I tried to work it in, but I couldn't find a good place to to 
to break it up properly. I really, in our scripture reading, I wanted to include a part of Esther because of the way Esther is treated by her cousin. I think it's, I think Mordecai is her cousin. It's, it's not a direct father-daughter relationship, but Mordecai treats Esther as though she were his daughter. Right. Well, what about everything involving Jacob as a oh, son yeah. or as a father? Right. I mean, yeah. that complex relationship. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that complex <laughs> web of relationships. Yeah. I mean, if you need, if you need some convincing that family relationships are interesting enough for role playing games, just crack the Old Testament and read everything that features Jacob. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. And that's actually yeah. my some of my favorite parts of Genesis because it is. Yeah. That very human story of just trying to figure it out and figure out what's right. And, and we make mistakes and then we come yeah. back and then there's forgiveness. It's all really a good story. It's a gripping story as well as edifying. Yeah. Yeah. It, so these are good things. And, you know, interesting and bad, not the same thing. Supporting loving families are, are interesting. Relationships that are strained are interesting. Uh, they haven't come mm-hmm. up, but like my character in Peter's game has that uh there's that with my wife's character and our anonymous players character in my game you you have a lot of these sorts of relationships and and that strained relationship is worth exploring but Mm -hmm. having something to kind of to lean on and recharge on is also a good thing um Mm -hmm. mentor figures you know somebody wrote in here that they're hideously underutilized in games i don't know that that's true i i I know a lot of games mm -hmm. do feature them and certain there are certain character archetypes that are heavily dependent on okay. having a mentor. I was the one who wrote that, and I feel like they don't get enough play at the table. It's one thing to have, like, a mentor in your backstory. Mm-hmm. It's another thing entirely to actually go visit that NPC and have a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I'll buy that more. That's certainly true. Certainly the dead mentor appear, appears almost as often as the dead parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, my or master even was just killed. a mentor that's like continents away or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they don't necessarily have to have been killed by the villain or died of old age. They yeah. could just be like way the heck over there and totally irrelevant to what's going on right now. Well, sure. Yeah. But I think we see it more often in the Ninja Turtles archetype. You know, Splinter and Shredder are basically at war because Shredder killed Splinter's master. Yeah. That. That's which, yeah, which is which? motivation. Well, okay, they, but hang on a second. Those... Splinter is a father figure to the turtles. Yes. And that's what's interesting is you have that relationship there. Like That's a very valid one. But the core, you know, the initial dramatic action that set the whole thing up. But, so by wait, the way, wait, wait. Are Splinter and Shredder are different characters? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, by the way, thank you, Chris Newton, for doing an entire month on the Ninja Turtles, because I okay. had had no exposure to this when I was younger. And now I know enough to talk about it on my own podcast. <laughs> you all saddened me. Am I the only one of the right age to have watched this? OK, no, no, it's not an age thing. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was banned in my house because mom has a grudge against the way that they censored the comics when she was super into indie comics. Well, all right. I and mean, my that's... folks participated in the Satanic Panic and thought it was evil. So, wait, even Ninja Turtles was part of the Satanic Panic. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh dear. Anyway, what we're saying is that we need more Uncle Iroh. I mean, they they got better. Let, let me let me <laughs> yeah. qualify okay. that. But okay, like... okay. And we do need <laughs> more Uncle Iroh. We do need more of. Yeah. The, we do. Uh, Iroh. I haven't seen the show. Iroh. 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 We do need more yeah. of those sorts of mentor characters because those are good relationships. Mm-hmm. 
Uncle Iroh is a walking redemption arc. You need many more of those in fiction and in reality for that yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a another concept in gaming and in, in fiction in general that comes up a lot. This idea of, you know, honoring the wise who've come before us is almost universal. You know, the, the idea of a wise elder, that's a, a common element in stories. One thing I've learned from... Uh, studying Japanese, the Japanese honorific word sensei that I think a lot of Americans know just as the name for my karate teacher. Um, <laughs> it really, it, you know, its use is most commonly translated as teacher, but that's not exactly what it means. Sensei and the, the Chinese relatives of that word really mean one who comes before. It's used not only for teachers, but anyone with wisdom, experience, or mastery. So very well-known and very well-respected artisans would be a sensei. Uh, certain professionals who deserve respect for their knowledge, like a doctor, you would refer to as a sensei. The idea of somebody with wisdom and experience and mastery who should be honored, that shows up all the time in stories because it's such a universal trope and it covers this wide spectrum of usage. You know, the wise old woman with advice for the questing youth the stern, hidebound elder whose warnings the protagonist defies, either heroically or tragically, depending on the tale. You see a lot with elves and wizards in fantasy. You do. Mm -hmm. the You know, the classic, I'm going to go up the mountain and talk to the wise old person living up there because they have the answers for the questions I, I need answered. It's a common trope for a reason. I don't even necessarily think this is something people miss out on because it's so ingrained in storytelling that I think everybody just does this naturally. There's always mm -hmm. the wise old guy there to talk to. Yeah, let's go talk to the wizard. Let's go talk to the the crazy old lady who's got all the the knowledge that she's picked up, all the wisdom that she's learned. Or have we all seen Moana at this point? Yes. I have not. Okay. Oh. Well, Moana, Moana's father. That relationship mm -hmm. of, you know, you shouldn't do this. This is the how things are. This is the the wisdom of our elders handed down versus the wisdom of an even earlier generation, Moana's grandmother, who says, go and do your heroic deeds in defiance of your father because he knows what's good for you, but I know what really needs to be done. You know, it's mm -hmm. an interesting relationship there because you have two examples of that that are sort of in conflict. And it's yeah. bo both uses of this trope held up almost side by side. We use this so frequently that I don't ha even have much advice other than to say, be aware of it. And think of ways to tweak it and change it and surprise people with it. Last thing I want to talk about here is real world applications of this. And this sort of picks up where we left off talking about in terms of the biblical meaning of this fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. At the gaming table, in life, if you're, especially if you're younger, if you're in someone's house, at someone's parents, etc., you know, be sure to be respectful. It's common sense, but it is, it is also biblical. Yeah. Life does come before gaming. If you have a family event or an elderly parent needs you, set the gaming aside. Handle that because those things are important. Mm -hmm. Those relationships are important. In some ways, they're important because they are they are ephemeral. You know, as much as we don't want them to be, I'm starting to reach that that point with my parents who are pretty old, actually. I'm starting to have those conversations because they're both retired now and they've got some time before these questions of like taking care of them are going to arise but they're going to they're going to come up eventually taking time to strengthen those relationships if you can and again unless there's there's that abusive or, or uncomfortable thing going on take time to do that because those matter and are ephemeral and learning from those relationships does help 
build a better life for you and a better life for them because that relationship stays. I'm looking forward to that point in a weird way with my children where I've seen them grow to be full adults doing their own thing, but we still have a good relationship and talk. And it's it's both the adult to adult and parent to child relationship, you know, that I have with my parents right now. Yeah, I definitely enjoy that with mine. Yeah, I have breakfast with my dad once a month. It's one of the highlights of my month. It's just Mm -hmm. great to sit down and talk with him. I'm fortunate that my dad willing to come downtown to where I work once a week. And so he and I go out to lunch once a week. Uh, And now that my mom's retired, she's coming occasionally, too, which is pretty great. And not just great because we get sushi. Yeah. (laughs) But even aside from that, take time to talk to your elders. Build up relationships with the elders that you have in your life. Maybe it's not your parents. Maybe there are people, you know, maybe there there are parents that you just don't want to deal with because of issues we've talked about before, but there are still people you can build those relationships with. Mm -hmm. There are folks in your church who desperately want to have those relationships with someone there. If not your church, there are folks elsewhere. If you're looking for good works to do, find a nursing home looking for volunteers and spend some time there. You'll learn a lot, and it's one of those places that desperately needs people with energy and life. Trust me. Oh, absolutely. I I did some of that in high school, and it was emotionally draining, but very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, find some mentors. Um, People who have been doing whatever it is that you want to do longer than you have been doing it are an extremely valuable resource. And in the context of this podcast... I would really like to kind of give a shout out to Derek White about this. Mm -hmm. He was not the first person to ever do any kind of geek ministry, and he will be the first to tell you that. But he has absolutely been a mentor to us. He has been Mm -hmm. a friend to us. The fact that he is ordained clergy and has been through multiple different faith traditions and has been through multiple different generations of, you know, gaming theory and stuff like that. He's been fantastic for us to know. And I I don't think it's really possible to overstate just how valuable it is for us individually and collectively to have had relationships with him. That's true. Mm -hmm. I would also give a bit of a shout out to MJ Young of the Christian Gamers Guild and everyone else who has kept that group going because that group predates us by a long time. Believe me. Oh, yeah. They've been around a long time. They weren't brand new back in the 90s when I first heard of them. Yeah, (laughs) they've been around (laughs) for a very long time. And, you know, the first episode that Peter and I did, that that episode one, our RPGs evil, drew very heavily from the the documents that they had pulled together. We don't have the same kind of like ongoing relationship with with them or the chaplain of the Christian Gamers Guild, MJ Young specifically. But I still pay attention when I see an email from him on the, the Christian Gamers Guild. I'm subscribed to his uh, Bible study stuff. It's important stuff and it's useful. And in the same way, yeah. you know, kind of on the other side of things, uh, Dan Repiger as well as yeah. sort of the the person we're looking up to in terms of how to do a podcast. A little bit of a shout out goes to him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, none of us would even know the others existed without the community yeah. that he formed. So, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. and Dan would be well, the first he and to tell his you. Co-hosts, but. Dan would be the first to tell you that it's not just him doing it. The community is, you know, a community thing, and he just set up a forum and let it happen. And he'd also be the first to tell you that he's one voice on Fear the Boot. But mm-hmm. anybody who's listened to it knows. Yeah, okay, Dan's kind of the primary voice for a reason. Yeah. 
Yeah. When Chad's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> Although he probably also deserves a little bit of credit yeah, because he does. he's one of the oh, yeah. moderators of the forums over there and he does a fantastic job. Yeah, at he that. does. He does. And there are a lot of other people we could give shout outs to. I don't know. Jenny, do you have any? Y'all, y'all have covered it. Like, okay. y'all step in before I try to swoop in and, and y'all got it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I keep no, talking over you. I noticed, I should apologize to you for this, actually. I noticed I was doing it really badly last episode, so I apologize. Really? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I didn't notice. <laughs> I don't know. I about slapped myself once or twice. I was like, dude, <laughs> oh. come on. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> so... But those are people that we've we've built up a good relationship with, uh, or at least mm-hmm. have, have learned a lot from. And this podcast would not would not exist without the people who have gone before us. Yeah. And it would not be, you know, as, as good as we have gotten, whatever quality that we have produced has some of that credit definitely lies with the people that we have mentioned. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I would say everybody who's gone before and set us up for that success. And I think in some yeah. ways that's the ultimate point that the fifth commandment is making you aren't here on your own there are people who have come before you honor them and respect them because Mm -hmm. they made your life possible and you know something else that's kind of interesting it's been neat to kind of share those mentorship relationships with our peers Mm -hmm. yeah you know people like minmax or inroads that are you know kind of in the same space and have been around for a similar or lesser amount of time you know within a you know one to five years or so yeah um plus or minus our start date is it's interesting because a lot of us kind of share those same influential figures and that can be valuable too yeah yeah. Oh, Mike Perno will remind you, he actually technically started Game Store Profits before we did, by like six months. Yeah, no, I, he was he was the one I was thinking of before. Oh, before? Okay. And then MinMax <laughs> gotcha. is after. So. I'm sorry, yeah. I, misunderstood, I misunderstood. I was thinking of the one to five, like after us. Okay. Yeah, yes. I said plus or minus. Plus yeah. or minus, gotcha. What, one right. before for inroads, five after for MinMax. There we go. Okay, there we go. You're right. So yeah, I think we should wrap this up here. Mm-hmm. Any final points from anyone? No, I think I just made be, them. Yeah, no, be nice to people older than you yeah please please be nice that works well if you have your own thoughts on this let's talk about how to share those with us and with other listeners and have those conversations you can find us on social media we're on facebook twitter other places as saving the game we're easily found and of course you can leave a comment on the blog post for this episode at stgcast.org where you can find all of our previous episodes Blog posts from Peter, uh, some of which are exceptionally good reading, and then mm-hmm. there's also some from me. <laughs> Those are, tend to be good, too. You just don't release them very often. Yeah, like the two of them. Sure. <laughs> I, I think you might be up Peter to writes. five, but yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff that Peter writes that's very, very good, and I'd recommend reading it as well. Uh, and of course, on our website, stgcast.org, you can join our Discord chat room. Uh, which is, for those who don't know, basically a very fancy chat room uh, that you just runs in your web browser or an, an uh, app on your phone or a desktop application, all of which works fine. And that connects you to our community of listeners that is talking, praying for each other, uh, talking about gaming and media and even running games for each other on the Discord channel, all sorts of stuff. So if you're not a member of that, take a moment to join because it's a good community and we're always excited to see new people join that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said earlier, if you like this episode or others, please take a moment to rate and review them. Uh, iTunes, Podchaser, anywhere else you can. Share them around. Again, use those to start a conversation. Because if you have a, a point to make about this, we would love to hear it. And I bet other listeners and members of our community would like to hear them too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that's where we should wrap this up. So from all of us here at Saving the Game, have a good one. Take it easy. We'll catch you next time. See, ya. See you later, folks.
This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.